Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World. Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the ultimate movie bucket list. A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're going to need each other. Hello, Nadim June. <laughs> you didn't say salam. I didn't feel like it. They say salam a lot. <laughs> I guess so. But I like, okay. No, I'm going to talk about what my real context of like Iran is um, okay. later, later on. Later on. Okay, fair enough. I'll explain why I just said hello, Nadim June. Okay. Instead. Okay. That's fair. Hello, Nadim June. <laughs> <laughs> hello, Mita. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am living, and you guessed it. Breathe. Good. Yeah. You should have just let it hanging and see if yeah. the audience figured it out. I am living. They didn't. That's it. And breathing. I'm purposely not breathing right <laughs> now. <laughs> uh, so uh. it was a big week for Mita listeners. But before we get into Mita's big week, I have one quick question to ask you, Mita. Yes. How do we feel about Nick Cannon have seven kids? <laughs> I literally was reading something on Instagram today where it's like, he's like, I'm not looking out to go get someone impregnated (laughs) or something like that. I think it's just... uh, And it's from like four or five women? I'm not sure the exact number. It's a lot. I just know (laughs) that there are seven children total. Two of them are Mariah Carey's. There's already been like two this year alone or something. And he's just, you know, putting it out there for ladies to catch. I think it's kind of vile. (laughs) It's gross. It's disgusting. And his whole point is that he just doesn't want to be in a monogamous relationship, which is like great, but you can still use protection in a monogamous relationship. I don't understand. I guess at the end of the day, unless those women want kids and he's like, unless he's being like a sperm donor kind of thing. I mean, they also like, there's money there, right? Yeah. Yeah. That could totally be why too. They're thinking like, oh, this is like kind of a payday. I don't want to put that out there, but. No, like, but yeah, it's kind of, but it's also like, imagine how many kids he's supporting. And who is Nick Cannon to be able to support that many kids? He was the host of America's Got Talent. He was Mr. Mariah Carey (laughs) is what he was. He was on All That. (laughs) What is that? You don't know what All That was? No, I'm just saying that like, in the grand scheme of like, even the entertainment world, just because he's a celebrity, there is like, levels of celebrity. And he's like, real at the bottom. Real at the bottom. Real at the bottom. But enough about yes. Nick Cannon, because who okay. gives an who gives a shit? Guys, Mita went to the movies. I went to the movies. Okay, so today's Monday, August 9th. Yes. And I went on Friday, August 6th. Mm-hmm. I went to the movie theater. I went to a Cineplex theater, which is basically the only theater you can go to in Canada. And I saw The Suicide Squad. Talk to me about everything. Okay. From, from the ex- from the movie going from the experience. movie going experience, the eighteen month gap from going to the movies. Mita yeah. has not gone to a movie since we started this podcast, and then about the movie itself. Okay. To preface this, like going, so it wasn't until very recently, I would say, in the last like three years of my life, that I realized that I love going to the movies by myself. Yeah. And the like before pandemic, I would say that going to the movies by myself was like a form of therapy for Mm me. Like if I had something I didn't want to deal with or I just needed like a moment to myself, I didn't want to like 
go home and talk with a roommate or I didn't want to be around people at work if I just really needed to be alone Mm -hmm. and not deal with other people's stuff because a lot of my work life is about other people's stuff too. I would just go to the movies and sometimes I would go back to back. Sometimes I would see something that I've already seen twice and I would just sit there and watch the movie and let everything go away and it was so peaceful. The last time I went to the movie theater was March of 2020. What did you see? Fantasy Island. Right, we did go over this. Okay. <laughs> yes, we did. So not the greatest movie to see as your last movie you've seen in the yeah. theater. Theaters obviously did open for a little bit um, last year, but I was really hesitant about it um, in terms of COVID and the safety. They've and... actually opened and then closed and then opened. Yeah, so they have been yeah. open. I've just been very cautious about it. But now with vaccines being rolled out and a good percentage of our population being vaccinated... Mm-hmm. I felt safer going in there. And so I guess the only thing I was nervous was like, I still don't know where the, the other people who are in there have been. I don't know their vaccination record, if they've decided to or not. But looking online at like what the protocols that are in place were, I felt safe. Mm-hmm. So one, you have to book your seat in advance, which I think is great. And they should always have this. Assigned seats, advanced booking. It should be it going it forward. should be the norm. Yeah, the norm. Yeah. Two, so I had four seats to my left, four seats to my right, and pretty much four seats in front of me were all, like, you could not sit there. Mm -hmm. They were booked off. So that made me feel, like, very comfortable about it. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And so I got an email from Cineplex being like, hey, pre-book for the Suicide Squad now. And so I did put a lot of thought Mm -hmm. into it. I was just like, okay, if I'm going to go see the Suicide Squad, I'm going to go on the opening weekend, but I'm going to pick a theater that's like a smaller Mm -hmm. kind of suburban theater. Because if I pick the really, there's one really big one here in Ottawa, it's Lansdowne Mm -hmm. and everybody loves it because it's like an experience in itself. It's a sexy theater. It's sexy. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to go there because everybody's going to go there and I want to avoid people. So I picked the Bar Haven Theater. I went more suburban because I was like, even Carlin, Carlin will be really busy too. And Bar Haven was not that crazy, Mm -hmm. which was great. I think there was 35 people total in my movie. Um, And this is a big movie and it was Friday night. So that I feel like was good. When I went in, nobody like told me what was going on. I had to ask, (laughs) be like, hey, like... my mask like what do i do yeah Yeah. and so the girl's just like okay like you keep it on at all times unless you're eating or drinking then you can lower it Uh or take it off and i was like okay cool that sounds good i went and i got a popcorn did the prices go up even more (laughs) a large popcorn was ten dollars and i couldn't even finish it so that was another thing i noticed it's like back in the day i could finish (laughs) the large popcorn if i really wanted to and i could not finish the large popcorn this time around but it was also ten dollars which is just like ridiculous so luckily i went to shopper's drug mart beforehand Mm -hmm. and got goodies so i was prepared and then once i was in the theater there was this like one group of people who they didn't have any food or drink Mm -hmm. with them and they still had their masks off and i just kept like giving them death stares and then finally a theater employee came up and was like you guys have to put your mask on good and then they kind of pushed back and then she was like, you guys clearly don't have anything that you're eating or <laughs> drinking. And so then they all put their masks back on. Good. But that was like the overall like experience of going in through COVID, which was my, it, when I'm saying it out loud, it doesn't seem like a lot, but internally. Yeah, for sure. It felt like yeah, a yeah, lot. Absolutely. And so it was a big deal. Now that you've done it, you've pulled the bandaid off. How does that feel? 
I'm going to do it somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I literally told Nadim today, I was like, I have like a couple days off in the next couple of weeks. I'm probably going to go to the movie. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I feel good about good. actually going to the theater. And I'm glad that things are showing in the mm-hmm. theater and that, that yeah. that's the focus, that they're not going to be through streaming. Yeah. Then the movie itself. Mm-hmm. So I saw The Suicide Squad. I've been telling people I saw Suicide Squad and they're all like, why did you watch an old movie? And I realized that. Suicide Squad in 2016 yeah. was Suicide Squad. This one is the Suicide yeah. Squad. So it's the new one. And I personally don't like DC Comics. As a they world. call it the as a world, yeah. yeah. They call it the DCEU. Yeah. Extended universe. Sure. <laughs> yes. And I personally am not a fan, especially with like Superman and uh, Batman, the the last couple ones that they've done. I love Christopher Nolan's Batman. That's always great, but yeah. the last the DCEU kind of sucks to me. Yeah. And so I've never really been interested, but this was directed and written. I do just want to point out that Henry Cadville is the exact casting Superman should have ever been. He's a perfect yeah. Superman. <laughs> the movie's just awful. He just was an unfortunate movie. Yeah. Continue. Yes. <laughs> but James Gunn directed and wrote this, and so I was really excited about this. Mm-hmm. I also, okay, I saw Birds of Prey at the beginning of 2020 as well, okay. and I really enjoyed Birds of Prey. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, like they're going in a different direction. This is really exciting. And I really liked it. Mm-hmm. It was not like it exceeded my expectations. I didn't have like too high ones because okay. I thought, again, I don't really yeah, yeah. like these characters. I haven't seen the 2016 one, but based off of what I do know yeah. of it, I'm going to say this is a major improvement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's great. I don't want to go into too many details because it's still new. It's a to fresh people. movie, yeah. The one thing that I kind of want to point out, though, is like a lot of the reviews I've been seeing and what people have been saying on the interwebs is like, oh, my gosh, they're going in this fresh new direction. This is so great. Like, this is what the DCEU needs. But I think a lot of people did not see Birds of Prey at the beginning of last year. And I think that was really the catalyst for going into a whole new direction. And it's not getting the recognition it deserves. And that's in a large part because of Kathy Ann's direction, mm-hmm. Margot Robbie producing it. And in terms of like the direction that they're taking things conceptually, it makes more sense in Birds of Prey than it does in The Suicide Squad. Okay. And I can't I can't go further into that without actually like spoiling telling you things that happen yeah. in the movie. But it just to me, like narrative wise, it makes more sense in Birds of Prey than it does in the Suicide Squad, but I would totally suggest it, even if it's something that you are not into, like yeah. if you don't like those comics at all, watch it because it is, it's entertaining. Okay. Yeah. But I also, I want you to watch Birds of Prey. I, I love Margot Robbie. And so I do, I think I'll try to find the time at some point to watch it. I have nothing against her and I would be interested. You love her. What are you talking about? I really do like Margot Robbie. And so yeah. I, I would definitely consider watching it. And I think she's a smart producer as well. She... Mm-hmm has great talent she produced itania which promising is promising young woman promising young woman these like interesting female-centric films i think that's great i would definitely look into it but yeah i'm glad she's so good in it too yeah i've heard she's really yeah. good in it too i'm so glad your movie going experience was good that you, I'm so happy. and that you are back i'm back <laughs> yeah i'm already like making plans for the next one. but doesn't it actually feel like it it feels like a 
like I a feel rebirth. Like I'm back to normal. Yeah, yeah, like it really feels like because I'm I was the same way. Going to the movies was therapeutic for me, and like mm-hmm. losing that for so long, I like I talked to my therapist about it. Like it was a real thing. Like yeah. I I I missed going. It was like a way I self soothed was going to the movies and just watching something and like to lose that, especially in the time that we lost it. You need it the yeah, most. Yeah, you needed yeah. it the most. It was very ironic, so. Where it's like, yes, you can watch a movie at home, but there's something so enjoyable about like going into a theater, yeah. having that bag of popcorn, sitting yeah. in a seat that's not your couch. I would watch something bad in a theater for the movie going experience. I would just watch the trailers if yeah. you want me to. Yeah. I absolutely. I've sat through some movies that I'm like, I don't really want to see this, but I want to see a movie. So here we are. Yeah. It got bad for me at one point, though. And that's when I realized, like, oh, maybe I should make some changes in my life. Because I would literally go every single day after work. Mm. I would go watch a movie. It got expensive. It got, it's expensive. That's the only <laughs> thing expensive. is that, like, yeah, it can yeah. get expensive unless you find, like, a like a second-rate theater. Mm-hmm. But there's not many in, in Ottawa there aren't. So it's harder to find. It's... That was in Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I used to go, I had a couple different ones that I would go to, mm. but then like, you know, sometimes not all the movies that are out are great. Yeah, and absolutely. So, so I would wind up seeing like the same thing quite a few times. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I can see Knives that. Knives out. <laughs> Mita, when you went to the theater, did you yeah. find that between you and the people sitting, there was a separation? <laughs> Why, yes, Nadine, there was a separation. Should we talk? It was intentional. (laughs) Should we talk about that separation? I guess so, yeah. Do you want me to talk to you about the movie? (laughs) The the description of it? So this week, we did a Nadine movie. Yes. This is the last movie of the summer. And I decided to pick the Iranian Oscar-winning film, A Separation. And Mita will give us a brief... Description. It's, it's a real summer bop guy. Yeah. Retreat. Yeah. Grab those popsicles because yeah. you're going to want to sit for this one. Yeah. So the IMDb description for a separation, which I've also learned I do not know how to spell separation. <laughs> <laughs> I keep spelling it with an E instead of an A. Oh, but yeah. anyways, yes. A separation IMDb description is. A married couple are faced with a difficult decision to improve their life of their child by moving to another country or to stay in Iran and look after det- a deteriorating parent who has Alzheimer's disease. So, yeah, real summer fun. <laughs> Big <laughs> fun. <laughs> I will also say a terrible description. It really doesn't. How do you describe this? Okay, we'll get it. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. How do you describe yeah. Fair enough. So, Nadim, why don't you, before we get into it, why don't you tell me why you chose a separation? Okay. So, uh, this will be a little bit of a long-winded one, but let me, bear with me. Okay. I have a lot going on in my life right now. Like, <laughs> a lot. Because I recently told you that uh, my wife and I welcomed a baby boy. He turned he was, he turned three weeks, two, two days ago. Um, So, he's a little bitty thing. He's lovely, but he ha- he's a baby. And so, he's keeping us up and we're tired. And my wife and I actually purchased a house. <laughs> That is closing and we'll get on August 10th. So tomorrow, actually, the day after we we record this. So there is a lot going on in my life right now. A lot of very stressful, a lot of very, uh, like, life-altering things have kind of happened in a very short period of time. And Mm -hmm. while we were prepared for it, mentally aware that, like, 
these things were going to happen because we knew the due date of the baby was actually August 4th and the close was always meant to be August 10th. And like, we were just kind of like, wow, this is crazy. But it was what it, what it was. So mentally we were prepared. But when the time comes around, it is, it is a lot to experience. I'm not going to lie. It's a very, we're very stressed. We're very tired. So Mita, Mita and I actually talked about like how we were going to approach this and how we were going to, you know, do this. And Mita has been very lovely and chosen a lot of Thank very... Thank you. I was going to say, <laughs> I'm not forcing him into recording this podcast. I've asked him so many times. She's asked me many times <laughs> if I want to, you know, consider doing something like at another time because we are quite ahead of schedule right now. Um, and the other thing Mita has done very nicely is picked very light movies that would be easy to watch. <laughs> so when I was picking... This movie specifically, based on the time frame, I I wasn't actually going to pick a separation this quickly because it was this was always going to be on the list. This was one of the, we are watching this and it's just a matter of time because I really wanted to separate out the movies and I, re- like, I had kind of a cadence that I was going for. But when I was picking a movie for this week, I was like, I need to watch something that I just want to really sit down and watch. I need to pick something that is going to be easy for me to find the time and sit down and not feel like homework because even movies that you like or even movies that are good in this kind of time frame do feel like homework. A separation to me never feels like homework. It never feels like work. It's always a joy. And I can't tell you, I was actually excited to watch this this entire week. It was one thing I really look forward to because I love this movie. I love a separation. And we'll get into the variety of reasons why. But I think this is a flawless, fantastic piece of cinema. And Mita mentioned last week that I have talked about this movie before. And what I'm realizing is I think Mita's just going to predict my entire list because I'm very vocal about the movies that I like and the things I, I suggest other people see. And I don't think I'm more vocal than anyone other than, like, with Mita. Mita's the person I'm like, you got to see this. You got to do this. And so she knows. She's, she knows what's coming. This is correct. <laughs> so she predicted this was <laughs> on the list. But... Never mind, because I really wanted Mita to watch this. I really wanted her to see this, honestly, what I think is a masterpiece. I think this is exceptional filmmaking. And I'll go into reasons why, but Mita, I'm dying to know what you thought. I hated it. No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I didn't. I didn't hate it one bit, actually. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Okay, wait. To start... Um, so this is an Iranian film. This is an Iranian mentioned. film, yeah. To be very clear, yes. it is an Iranian film that released in 2011, and it won the first at the time, at the time only, but now it's the first, best foreign picture film for Iran. Yes. Are they speaking Farsi in it? They're speaking Farsi, yeah. yeah. Okay, yes. Um, so, spoiler alert, if you want to watch it, it is in Farsi, so if you're not the subtitles yeah. kind of person, then don't. Yeah. <laughs> but if you are, then yes, do it. Yeah. But so what I was going to say earlier is like my sort of context of Iran mm-hmm. is watching Shaws of Sunset. <laughs> that's what I know. Oh, about that's so Iran. funny. <laughs> I know the song Angeles. <laughs> I know when they call each other June. Yeah. And yeah, so basically, I just know all the Iranians that yeah, live yeah. in Beverly Hills. Yeah. <laughs> so that was really my context going into this. And I, I knew going into this, that's not what this yeah. movie was. <laughs> like even kind of. <laughs> not one bit. Yeah. And so there are two extremes, this movie mm-hmm. and Shots of Sunset. And so I was worried that um, I might just be a little bit bored yeah. of what this was because it's not Reza and it's not all the people that I love on Bravo. 
And so <laughs> that was my context going into it. But I was, so again, just like Brooklyn, I thought, okay, maybe this is going to be really boring. <laughs> yeah. But from the get-go, just very, you know, entranced by it. And it's such an interesting story just by itself. And if you... So going back to that IMDb description, like, I don't know how else to describe this movie than just by laying out the plot points, which is what that description does. Like, those are the points of the film. But when you're watching it, there's almost like a thriller aspect to it. And it's not. This is a social drama. Yeah. And it's so subtle, though. And you can't help but be, like, attracted to what's going on. And... I, I did enjoy it. I'm going to let you know that. I did not hate it. I enjoyed it very much. So I am glad that you picked it. But going back to that sort of the social and cultural mm-hmm. norms that are there, the one like my biggest takeaway from it, though, is like because I only know Shaws of Sunset, yeah. I have so many takeaways of Iran just yeah, by watching yeah. this. Like you learn about the social and cultural norms. You learn about like the justice system and how it works there and what like a courtroom looks like or what it even looks like to go in front of a judge to ask for a divorce. Like that was so interesting to me. And then this film also at the same time debunked a lot of stereotypes that I think are there. Like the women in this film, yes, they are, you know, tied to their husbands in a lot of way, but not in the way that I normally would Mm -hmm. think. Like there is a sense of independence with a Mm -hmm. lot of the characters. And like, I feel like I walked away from this, like actually very much educated about this culture and this world of cinema too because i'm not familiar with iranian films at all are you no this was my first experience watching something from iran and i was so surprised so one of the things i actually i have a friend who is iranian her name is tina and Mm -hmm. she hates iranian films and so i know her from high school and she would she loves bollywood films but she hates iranian films so she'd always say i'd always say recommend me something and she's like oh no they're terrible they're terrible they're terrible And then when a separation came on the scene and like blew up, essentially, this was it was, I think, the top rated film of 2011. It was the like the highest critically acclaimed. It won a bunch of like festival awards aside from the Academy Award. It was like everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I asked my friend, she's like, oh, I refuse to see it. And so she still hasn't seen it. She's still so she's me and like Slumdog. <laughs> yeah, <almost>. exactly. <laughs> Except you seen Slumdog. She refuses to watch this. And I'm like, no, Tina, you. I think you actually have to see it because it's it's so exceptionally made. Tina, watch this movie. But I had no experience watching so anything Iranian. So I, I when I turned this on and I watched it, I was just blown away by it because I think one thing I would just want to talk about quickly before we talk about the the details of the story is how this is a film that is so entrenched in its own culture and entrenched in its own kind of storytelling, but never dubs that down to an international audience. Like this is, this is a movie made for Iranian people. And it's like, if you want to come along for the ride, you're welcome to, but we're not, we're not making this film to appease other people. And I think that level of like confidence and that level of like filmmaking, it comes through because there's certain things in this that I think you can like piece together or like you can, but you might have to like look it up and ask questions like, what is the difference between wearing like a, like a hijab and wearing a, like a chador, just like subtle differences, things about class, things about like being Muslim versus non-Muslim in Iran, like so many things that this movie addresses, but also the director, Asghar Farhadi is kind of just like, if you don't know it, you got to go figure it out yourself. Yeah. I'm not going to spoon feed this to yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's so, it's so nice to see that because it's I, so refreshing. it's so refreshing because 
because he's not focused on that, because he's not focused on the like minutia of the culture and being like, everyone needs to understand what's happening. He's able to be like, no, I'm telling the story about these people. And he was able to focus on that story. And it is such a, it is a thriller. It's so hard to explain because like the story isn't, it doesn't sound like that at all. But as you watch it unfold, you are on the edge of your seat. You are like entrenched in these people's lives and you're, you're so committed to their like situation. And like, you don't know what's going to happen as it unfolds. And it's so, it's so miraculous to watch this film because I remember watching it the first time and then watching it subsequently over the years, this movie, the relaying of information and like plot points and how they kind of come out. I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen anything happen. So like naturally. And so like, it's such a cliche when people say like, Oh, it's such a, it's, it's like a slice of life. This is the definition. This is about people. This is literally it's very realistic. It's it is like someone just shot a camera of like people existing and nothing about this movie feels like cinema. It, it's literally just like a slice of life. These are real people existing and nothing about this is cinematic. And that is honestly, it's a compliment. It is like none of the dialogue seems cinematic. None of the there's no makeup. There's no hairstyling. It's it, there's no sets. There's no nothing. It's almost like it's a documentary, but it's not. Yeah. It's still shot like a film and you know it's fiction. But it's not like over the top. It's not, you know, a theatrical performance in any means. Like, well, all of the performances as well with the writing of this are just very good and spot on. And exactly how, like, you wouldn't know how you feel about this kind of a situation that happens. I think we need to get into I think you need to, yeah, I think you need to, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Because it's hard to talk about this movie without going into, like, the minutia of it. So also, unfortunately, there's a lot of spoilers that'll, that'll happen in this, but I highly recommend you watch this. So please turn this episode off and come back to it after you've watched it. Do we want to go into like some of the triggers? I couldn't tell how you felt about that. Well, I wanted you to finish it because I kind of wanted to know if... Okay, let's talk about it and then we can discuss whether we will be putting a trigger warning before this or not. Yes. Okay, so when I first texted you being like, do we need to have a trigger warning for this episode... I was in the midst of it and like it was dealing very heavily with the issue of like a loss of a child um, and a woman miscarrying in this film. And once I had finished it, I could understand maybe why you were like, I don't think that that really is necessary as much because even in those last 45 minutes, the film kind of sways you into taking you away from this idea of this woman of losing her child and it's more focused on whether or not the main character in this film is guilty of causing this miscarriage. And that kind of becomes more important. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I also feel like, I guess we're not going to talk too much about her miscarriage. So as I'm saying it out loud, I guess we don't really need Mm -hmm. a trigger warning. Because the miscarriage is, it's, it's a plot point. She miscarries, but as a result of the miscarriage, things, many other big things happen. It's kind of just like a means to an end. Whereas in many other stories, the plot point, the, sorry, the miscarriage is the plot point. But here it's kind of just like it's a, it's an A to B. Mm-hmm. So this movie, I think, to get into the plot a little bit, is essentially it is about this couple, Nader and Simi, who are considering separating. He wants to stay yes. back to care for his father who has Alzheimer's and she wants to go abroad. And they, yeah. she has, they've been granted their visas and she, mm-hmm. they, so they've, so yeah. I think it's important to say that as a couple, they had earlier made a decision to try to go yes. to, do they specify it's America? I don't think that so. That was my assumption. Yeah, that was my assumption too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, it could have been Canada. Who knows? Yeah. 
they've decided to leave it on and start a new life so that they can give their daughter a better education, a better experience, life experience than there is that in living in Iran. And so they've made this decision as a couple. But then I guess between the time that they decided to apply for a visa, what's his name? Nader. Nader's father is diagnosed with Alzheimer's um, and is and is ill and needs a constant caretaker. Yep. And so they get this visa and the wife would very much like to go and, and follow through on what their plans were. But he is very discouraged because he's like, who is going to take care of my father? Mm-hmm. Who's going to stay here with him? It's important that he has somebody here with him. And so this leads to them trying to figure out, one, can we get a divorce? Two, if we're getting a divorce, where does our daughter go? Does she stay in Iran with her father or does she go to wherever with her mother? But these are people who actually quite like each other otherwise. Yes. As far as we like, know. Yeah. I mean, they're upset with each other in the moment yeah. because of they have to make this this decision. But by no means do I think they're like out of love with each yes. other. Yes, I think like their their decision to divorce is circumstantial rather than like it would have ha- if they had decided to both move or both stay. I don't think they'd be getting this divorce or this separation. Okay, here's my one thing about this okay. movie though. Like this could kind of not easily be solved. <laughs> But why didn't the wife just go for the time being, establish herself, you know, get her feet on the ground there? Mm -hmm. The father is older, Mm -hmm. and I don't think his life expectancy is that much longer. So I think the movie tries to hint at the fact that I don't think neither wants to go. And I think think that them divorcing is actually about... Yes, there are a couple divorcing, but it's kind of about the evolution of Iran as a country. And she doesn't think that there's a there's a future for their daughter there. For women. For women or, yeah. or, or her daughter. And Nader, I think, feels like you can, we can make this work here. And as you see throughout the movie, his thing is not to, his thing is to make it work, is to figure it out and to let go. And he... He's solution-oriented. He's solution-oriented and he accuses her of being very flight-oriented and like, you, you leave the moment things get kind of difficult. And I think his... Yeah. His insinuation is that their marriage isn't difficult, but life in Iran might be difficult. But I don't think he's seeing it from her perspective that maybe life as a woman in Iran is difficult. Mm -hmm. And we get the idea from her that she is very independent. Like, even her hair is dyed a color, which I was very surprised by. And, like, in the poster, you see it, and I was like, what's that all about? (laughs) But then I don't feel like it's carried through in the movie. They don't really acknowledge it. Because I don't think it's it's relevant. I think it's one of those things, and this is... It's the confidence in the writing. It's just like, here's a woman who has some dyed hair, and that's all you need to know. That, like, what does that say about her as a person, Mm -hmm. right? So, as a result of this separation, when Simon leaves the house, Nader has forced to hire someone to be a caretaker for his father. And they hire this poor woman, this poor Muslim woman, Razia, who has not told her husband, Hojat, that she's coming to this man's house to work. And things kind of, there's escalate. escalate. There's a butterfly effect of essentially, when one thing happens, it leads to another thing, and that leads to another thing, and like, back and forth. So it's a... And we don't learn about these things until like, later in the film. Yeah, so there's like, little things, and they unfold in a very just like... They unfold the way that, like, your life unfolds. It's it's really hard to explain, but, like, when one thing happens, as a movie, you can predict what's going to happen next because it's plotted mm-hmm. out. Even if it's a great plot, you can see the plotting of it. You can't see the plotting of this movie. They come out of nowhere. Yeah. But it's not even like you're mad about it. Yeah. Though. Because it, it all makes sense in the end. Yes. When you get those small reveals, you're like, oh, like that totally makes sense. Why she like why her husband wouldn't have come to yeah. work the next day because she's not telling him. 
And then she also, I just want to note, she brings her really cute daughter to work with. Yeah, she brings her, her really cute yeah. daughter. So there's essentially, the story is about six people. So it's about Nader Simin, Razia Hojat, and both of their daughters. So these are yeah. the six six people. And Nader and Simin's daughter, Terme, she's 11, but I think she's like 16. She looks a lot older. She looks like she's like 14. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, are we sure about this one? Yeah. And so Razia and Hojat's daughter, Somaya who's significantly younger. I think she's like maybe like four. four. She's so cute. She's so cute. But I would like to say that Terame, she's so good in this movie. So she's good. so good. So good. She's like this yeah. 14-year-old girl who cries better than like A-list Hollywood actors. Like she, yeah. when she's emotional, you're like, girl, I feel it. Like <laughs> When she, went in the scene, so a plot point of this is that her life is being threatened essentially. Yeah. And when the father reveals, like, it's gotten worse. Yeah. Oh, and she, like, cut, she threat. breaks down. And you're she, just like, like, breaks down. She's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly how anyone would react to finding out that, like, their life is yeah. in danger. Yeah. So the the movie just unfolds in a way. And it's, it's you don't want it to be spoiled, essentially. Because when you watch this and as the things happen and as they're revealed, it's very much you're experiencing this life with these people. And what this mm-hmm. movie does I actually use this movie as a educational device for myself when I write because I want I write and I think how does a separation reveal its information? How, how does stuff come out? How is how are plot points and important pieces of information communicated to an audience? And it does it in such a natural way. It is really a marvel of a film to watch. Like I don't I don't even know where you would get started with that. Like how do you how do you do that? Yeah. Cuz like one of the biggest things that I enjoyed the most about this and we've talked about like documentaries that can't be unbiased Mm -hmm. this is so unbiased at no point (laughs) am I driven by one character's you know idea at every point with all six of them I can see from their point of view and understand what's going on and at no point am I also like driven by one of them. Like I walked away thinking like, well, I can see this because of da da da, and I can see this person's point of view because of A, B, and C. And it's so lovely yeah. to actually have that 360 view of like what the situation is and to walk away with it because this movie ends in a big question. Big question. Big question. And it leaves the viewer saying like, this is up to you. What do you think the answer is? And it does it so successfully, and I feel like documentarians need to watch this. Mm-hmm. And I know it's fiction, so it's probably it's easier. easier. Yeah, it's easier. But I mean, there's still editing in documentaries, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so I feel like documentarians should watch this. This is how you present an unbiased opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this is the definition of gray characters. These are just they're humans. They're humans mm-hmm. who have who have good points and bad points. And when you're saying that like you can see the 360, there are conversations that these characters have with each other where you're like, "Oh, I see your side, but I see your side." Like within that same conversation, you yeah. you do not form a solid opinion. You're walked away kind of with like, "What do I believe?" Yeah. So my question yeah. to you is, Mita, what do you believe? Like the last question so, the movie asks. Or... We'll get to the last question, but I want to know in terms of the the what happens between Nader and Razia and the yes. miscarriage. Yeah. What do you think? I do think she something was going on beforehand because there's a scene where she's on the bus and she's feeling really mm-hmm. dizzy. That happened before she fell down the stairs. Yes. Right? Yes. 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 It did. Yeah, and I th- and like she also has been very, you know, dizzy in her pregnancy. Mm-hmm. She's been feeling like all the waves. And then it is revealed at the end that the day before she was pushed, 
she did get hit by a car. She reveals that. So I actually think that the miscarriage probably happened before she got pushed. In terms of Nazid, I think I think in the heat of the moment, he forgot this is a pregnant woman. Mm-hmm. But I do think he pushed her. You think he pushed her? I think he pushed her. And I think he just, he was so caught up. Like, I mean, what she did was really terrible. Mm-hmm. She abandoned his father and tied him to the bed yeah. just so she could... Yes, she was going to go pay off her husband's creditors. No, no, no. She was going to the doctors. <gasps> That's what, yeah. Did I completely miss yeah, that? Yeah, she says, she says, her daughter says that she's going, She we went to the doctors. Doctors. So likely what happened was, she because she, she said she, she, the, she felt oh, the miscarriage. She's, <laughs> Because she thinks she's so pious. That's what bugs me. Pious she, right yeah, she is this? pious. She's religious. Yeah. She's very religious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She thinks she's so pious, that, but she knew she went to the doctor. I'm like, sorry, this is unraveling in my brain right now. Oh, boy. She didn't go to pay off the creditors. She went to the doctors. That's my my assumption. Oh, okay. I guess I missed that. It's also in Farsi. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> You're reading. Uh, You're reading. Like the, it, That's the problem with subtitled movies. It's the only problem with subtitled movies is you really have to be on your feet because you are like watching the screen and reading at the same time. Yeah. Okay, wow. Okay, that changes things. Because if she knew she went to the doctors, and I'm assuming, we don't know what she said to the doctor. Because then they would have, oh, I wonder if she had an ultrasound and they... Like how much she knew, yeah. And did she lie to her... Husband? Husband. But what was she going to do? Well, I guess she was going to try to figure it out at that point, because she didn't know she was going to get pushed. And so then that, oh, wow. She didn't know she was going to get pushed, and then she did, and she's like, this is my way out. But then she still has to tell her husband, I've been working at this person's house. Sorry, I'm literally... (laughs) (laughs) You're experiencing it all right now, yeah. Oh, oh, wow. What a... Oh, my God, I love this. Yeah. Because it's such a question of, like, what was her plan? If she... She got hit by the car, and she she said she felt... She stopped the baby... Like, she felt that the baby had stopped moving, and she had some cramping. And so, it's not like she expected him to push her. So what was her, what was she going to do? And did she use the push as an excuse? Because this woman is also uneducated. It's very clear she's like, she's pious and religious, but she's not like the sharpest tool either. No, but I also think she kind of knows how to manipulate the truth in a way. She's obviously keeping secrets and hiding. So she has a manipulative streak to her. She's not, you know, dumb enough to not be able to think like, oh, maybe I can say this instead and then everything will be okay. Yeah. Yeah. And what about the money, Mita? Who stole the money? Oh, the wife did. To pay the movers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that is, has, is that a trick question? No, because it's, uh, it's one of my favorite plot points because they never talk about it. It's just, yeah. you see her take the money and then you see him being like, where's the money? Where's and the you want to yell, but your wife took it. <laughs> when is she going to own up to When that? is she going to own up to it? She had to pay the movers and she took it. And so that's never addressed because it doesn't need to be. Yes, especially because so much of his anger was not only did she leave his father tied to the bed and then he fell down mm-hmm. and almost died, yeah. but she also stole money from him. And then it's coming back and asking for money. Yeah. 
So, but I mean, in terms of like, in terms of like their real life, absolutely. But in terms of the movie, I love that it doesn't feel the need to justify that yeah. to like give you that yeah. closure on that issue. It's just like no, in life, that's kind of just how it happens. Life is so much, yeah. so much of the time though, is that like somebody will get accused for something and it'll actually be something else entirely, and there will never be resolution to yeah, it. Absolutely. Yeah. Other question for you is what what do you think the daughter does at the end? Oh my gosh, that's the most It's such a sad scene, scene because she you can you feel this girl. She you could find she's like a little older than 11, but like as an actress, she's she pulls it off so well. So spoiler alert. At the end of this film, after everything sort of go like they go on trial for the is it murder? It's murder. Is it murder, <laughs> Mitha? Is it murder? I don't know. I don't want to answer that question. <laughs> but after all of their legal woes, <laughs> um, the, the they do decide to go forward with their divorce. Mm. And because they cannot decide whether or not their daughter should go with the mother or the father, they leave it up to the <laughs> child, yeah. which is ridiculous. Mm. And she gets pulled into this court and is asked, like, do you know where you want to go? And she says, yes, I know. And the judge asks, like, where do you want to go? And then we're left with the parents waiting outside and we don't know the answer. Well, the scene goes on for like a minute or two and of her saying, of the judge saying, do you know where you want to go? And she says, yes. And him saying, where? And her refusing to answer. And it's like in front of her parents. parents. It's like this cycle. And she starts to like, she obviously starts to cry and get emotional. And then they say, he says, do you want your parents to leave? And she said, can they? And so they leave and the credits roll. So what do you think she picks? I think she picks the mom. You do? Why? I think she wants a better life for herself. And that's what's so hard for her because she loves her father. Mm. And she believes in her father. Yeah. That was a big thing, too. If you're a dad's girl, oh, this movie. Because <laughs> she, she is gunning for her father the whole time. Like, she is yeah. she's in his corner more than anybody else. And there's a point where he says to her, like, if you believe I did this, yeah. then you go tell your mom and I'll, I'll, we'll end this all. I'll pay off whatever money yeah. they want. And she decides to not say anything to her mom. Yeah. Because she knows he didn't do it. Yeah. I don't know what I feel. Because the mom makes a good point in the movie, too, of like, the daughter knows I'm not going to leave without her. And that's why she's staying with you right now. Because she knows I wouldn't leave it on if she's not leaving with me. Yeah. She just wants her parents together. And I actually am surprised by the end of all this that they still are deciding to separate. So it's an interesting point because this didn't occur to me, but the IMDb trivia, one of the trivia mm-hmm. points says that both Nader and Simin are wearing black at the end, indicating and the daughter, and the da- daughter indicating that the father, father died. died. So the question is, if the father died, then Nader is technically free to go. Mm-hmm. So what is triggering this divorce? Because he never wanted to yeah, go. Yeah, I think. But then why would you, ugh, why would you go have, forward and apply for a visa? Because, and that's the thing, Mita, people do those kind of things. They do, I think, I think he did it because he didn't think it would go anywhere. And then he did use his father as a crutch. And then when his father left, he's like, I just don't want to leave. He's kind of a coward. Yeah, I can see that as well, for sure, that he's kind of a coward. But I think she's kind of a coward, too, because I do think, I think when I watch this, this, it's easy to frame this in terms of like, yes, it's Iranian, but you could see Indian people living these lives, too, kind of thing. Oh, totally. You could see anybody living yeah, that kind of life. Exactly. Yeah. So I do think that part of the question is this like this this flight idea is that like she's she's fleeing the country and like in the beginning the lawyer says, "Do you think the people the kids in this country have no hope?" 
And it's kind of like, is mm-hmm. that the case? Because are you taking your child for a better life? Or is it really going to be that? Is it really going to be that bad in Iran? Could you not foster that kind of world for her there? And granted, we don't know enough detail about why she wants to leave and why he wants to stay. So it's it's so complicated because there's so in in movies oftentimes like like you said before it is black and white you do have a character you side with and in their relationship that is a marriage it it yeah. reflects like a real marriage like aside from the, the 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 conflict that they they have it's also like the pride that they have about their issues there's a difference of opinion and you can see all sides of yeah. it like it's not it isn't black or white it is, this movie is entirely gray it is entirely gray and it is entirely yeah. how people actually live and that is again it's just it's this is a movie that when i when people when i talk about foreign film and i'm like you really need to watch a foreign film before parasite came out this was the movie i would say you need to watch this to really like get yourself into a mindset that like foreign films can be so good yeah. They really can be. The other thing that I like about this, though, is that each character, they do something that is really, you know, unmoral yeah. and can be perceived as disgusting. But then there are parts of them that are completely redeeming. And the reason why I froze earlier because <laughs> I was looking up what year did The Descendants come out? Oh, I don't know. Before this. Okay. I thought it was the same year, but apparently I can't do Oh, the same year. It's true. Is yeah. it the same year? Because when I think about the Descendants, I think it wants to do that same mm-hmm. thing of like, here's this character. He's not a great guy. Here's his wife who is dying, but she was cheating yeah. on him. Here are these people, this teenage daughter who's a real brat. They're terrible people, but t- t- like but they're people. good people yeah. do terrible things. Terrible people do good things. And it doesn't. It does not do what this movie does. Because it's Hollywood's way of doing it, right? It's like, it ho- yeah. feels so inauthentic. Whereas everything about these characters and their motivations and the thing they do, they feel so... You know these people. Like, you know yeah. them. And so when they do things, everything is just like, that's exactly what you would do. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing feels out of place. So good. It's so good. It's wonderful. Before we get to sequel, prequel ideas, one question, one yeah. other question I have to ask you mm-hmm. is how did the climax of this film essentially revolves around Nader has agreed to play what they call, they call, they call it blood money. I don't know what the actual term is. Essentially to, to get the charges of murder that he's being charged with for the miscarriage of his child revoked. And he says, he tells Razia, I will pay you this money if you swear in the Quran that I caused this miscarriage. How did you... F- and she can't do it. And she it. can't do it. How did you feel like that about that as a plot point? I am so curious if the wife told him. Because the scene before that, Razia explains to his wife, listen, like, I, you know, I got hit by the car the day mm-hmm. before. I'm not 100% sure if the push is what caused my miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if she told him, this is what I know. And how oh, and he's trying to exp- Oh, and he's trying to exploit it. Yeah. Yeah. Because they know she's so pious. Yeah. Yeah. I love the word pious. It's true because it's, it's very ap- appropriate for her as well because she's so religious yeah. that you... I've never seen... And this might just be because we watch so many Western films. I've never seen religion used at such a powerful like moment. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching this the first time and when he says it to be like... <gasps> What's she gonna do? Like to really actually be like, what is she... she can't do and it. She... Which is why I think... Yeah. She knows that it wasn't the push. She knows it. She was says. The car. She says. I have doubts. I have doubts. And it's like you have yes. doubts because you know, girl. You know. You know. You went to the doctors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
<laughs> and I also, but I also think that, you know, if I was his wife, I would tell him. Yeah. Because, okay, in the subtitles, it says it's $15 million, but I it's don't like know. It's like $15 million, like Iranian. Okay. Iranian, yeah, money. <laughs> like, whoa, yeah. that's a lot of money. <laughs> Whatever that equates to it in, like, Canadian or American dollars. It's $15 million, yeah. million like, rupees or Iranian, Iranian okay. currency, yeah. Fair. But still, that is a substantial amount of money, mm. and she's hoping to leave. She wants that money, right? Yeah. And so if I was her, I would tell him, look, this is what she told me. We can go there and play it this way. Yeah. And if you think about it, like, why would she, what does she owe this woman whose husband? This woman is causing yeah. a lot of trouble for them knowingly because she knows that this might not be the actual situation. Yeah. And so she thinks she's holier than thou, but what she's doing is being a real pain in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> in the lightest terms In the lightest possible. terms, yeah. No, it's true. Yeah. I know I said last, Paul. Your poor daughter. Well, uh, that was the thing. I last thing I wanted to say is that I think this movie, real that's last moment after like Hojat and Razia have their fight in the kitchen, and she he storms mm-hmm. off, and she essentially is like, "Why did you come here?" And then the yeah. two. I would have just given her the money at that point, though. Why? To just pay off those creditors, and like just leave it as. But like it he is. said, that's not his responsibility. I know, but like, look at look at all this drama like do you really need it i think what's so beautiful about this film is also that moment between the two the the little moments in this film really get to me like in the beginning when simon is leaving the apartment and she goes to say bye to the father-in-law and he's just saying her name and then he grabs hold of her arm essentially saying like don't go don't go yeah and you it's it's such a nice moment but then at the end when all of this has transpired and the two daughters just look at each other and you're you see that like these kids are so caught in the crossfire of these things it sucks it sucks and that's what were you i was gonna say that is the beauty of this but also like the yeah but also just like that's so that's so life right that kids often get caught in the crossfire of adults Mm -hmm. bullshit and at the end term, that's the perfect example. Like you could, when you talk about it, when like, well, the parents are, you know, the the daughter is forced to make a decision where she wants to go. It sounds dumb. Like it sounds like such a, like, like a terrible idea. But when you watch the movie, you're like, this is dumb, but it's meant to be dumb. Like it's meant to show that like the show you that like, this is how bad it gets. This is how bad it gets. And this is how yeah. little people actually consider the kids. Yep. Like now this girl <laughs> has to make a literal Sophie's choice and she's not, th- she's going to lose either way. Yeah. It's sucks. These two girls have, uh, like they have, there's no hope for them. That's why I think she chooses the mom. Because maybe she can have new hope. Yeah, she can escape it. Yeah. Who do you think she w- chose? I go back and forth. Yeah. Because I think, I think she likes Iran. I also think, like, mm-hmm. I try to think, I'm like, she's an 11-year-old girl. She has friends. She knows, the like, she knows her home. Like, does yeah. she want to leave it for something else? And granted, like, it's with her mom. Because that is, like, the biggest thing taking her to her mom. Is that it's her mom. I don't think the appeal of the West or anything is as big as we think it is. Yeah. If it even, if it even the is the West. Yeah. What if they just go to, like... London. Turkey. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like I something about their conversation alludes to like North America. I don't know what it America, is. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I I think I, I I honestly kind of veer more towards her father. Really? Yeah. And I don't know what it is, but I just in my heart of hearts, I'm like, I think she chooses to stay with her dad. Yeah. I just don't. I'm trying to think of like from what I saw in the movie, whose devastation would be worse? And her mom is like fighting for her. 
by the end of it. When the mom like comes like, yeah, this is what you just really have to do to her. make this all go away. This is for what's best for your daughter. Why don't you want to do what's best for your daughter? Yeah. Whereas the dad, like, yes, he wants what's best for his kid, but he also doesn't want to go to jail. Yeah. And he doesn't, yeah, and doesn't his, want to admit. It's his pride. something he doesn't think he did. Yeah. yeah, A lot of it is his pride where she is completely consumed by the daughter. Mm-hmm. But I guess and, she's technically in a position because his pride is not her concern, but his pride is his. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it's easier for her to be so single minded where it's it's. But women in general and like this mother yeah. does not care about her pride. She would have just dropped it. Yeah. I mean, it would have been interesting yeah. if the situation had been like reversed. reversed yeah. Right. That movie. <laughs> I actually, interestingly enough, yeah. watched, I watched just this afternoon. I didn't get to finish it and I'll finish it tonight. Uh, Asghar Farhadi, his next movie called The Salesman, which stars mm-hmm. Hojat, the guy, the actor who played him and someone else, won Iran's second Academy Award for Best Foreign Picture. Wow. I've actually, I watched this last year, the year before I watched uh, A Separation. And then I went on a uh, a bender and I watched all of his films. Be- oh wow i watched big fan over big here. fan i watched the salesman i watched the past i watched everybody knows and then i watched this again and like i i think i only watched those four or five i didn't really watch anything else they're good movies don't get me wrong yeah none of them are as potent as this it like ripples off the screen it like you f- it, it's so hard to you feel you it feel it and like this it stays with you the, the salesman i actually didn't even remember like it's i'm watching it and i'm like this is a good movie don't get me wrong but it is not it is not the like the the master class in filmmaking that a separation is. There's not that lingering feeling of like all these unanswered questions and what your opinions are and how you feel about it. But also like you know when a thriller is really good and you're just like mm-hmm. you're gripped into it and you're like it's addictive. Where is, Where is go? it going to go? That yeah. that feeling is so hard to do and a lot of movies can't do it and especially a lot of like dramas they can't do it. But this movie does it so well. Because yeah, at one it. point I thought I thought this movie was about a parent with Alzheimer's and I was like, why? <laughs> <laughs> why would you do this to me? Like, I'm going to cry the whole time. Yeah. But it wasn't. It was not. No, it was about many <laughs> it other It turned things. into kind of like, I'm putting murder in quotations because yeah. I am. It is a murder it's, mystery. Mr. Murder mystery, yeah. yeah. Uh, do you have any sequel or prequel ideas? Okay, yeah. So for my first prequel idea... I would like to see, like, what led them to applying for this visa? Mm. What was the push? What was that conversation like? Was, you know, were they both gung-ho for it and then started to have doubts? Mm. Or what did that look like? And then for a sequel, I want to know who the daughter daughter chose to be with. Mm. And then I want to see whichever parent didn't get chosen. I would like to see what happens after that. So if the daughter chose the mother, I would like to see what happens with the father. If she chose the father, I'd like to see what happens with the mother. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But also, like, there's this thing. It's called custody agreements. <laughs> and, like, I don't know why they couldn't come to some sort of resolution. I don't. But, again, like, again, we don't know the legal system in Iran. We don't know how that actually works and stuff. And well, so- even their, like, courtrooms, yeah. they're just, like, little, they're rooms in an office building. Yeah, like, exactly. it's not a court of law. The whole courthouse. And there's, like, six people, other random strangers sitting in. You're, like, it's... It's it's such an interesting experience to watch. Like you're saying, it's experiencing a different culture at the same time in what yeah. feels like a very authentic way. Mm. Like this feels like I'm sure there's there's the Bollywood equivalent of Iranian films, if you know what I mean. Like yeah. the movies with the you know good looking people and the great sets and like maybe not song and dance, but like that. There's the equivalent of that, and then there's this, which feels like I actually feel like I I know what Iran feels like now. 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I know from this movie, but I don't actually know if that's what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. like, but, but my thing is, is that like when I watch this movie, I'm like, maybe that feels different, but I, I feel like this is probably the closest to accurate I'll see without going to Iran. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels very authentic. It feels very real. I don't know. Watch Shaws of Sunset. <laughs> maybe you'll learn a thing or two. Oh God! All the all the nose jobs. <laughs> They're more like boob jobs and Botox oh. and yeah. <laughs> I've heard good things about Shots of Sunset though. It's just, it's a riot. Yeah. If you need a good laugh, yeah. then yeah. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go into my rating yes. and then you go into yours. You get to go first because this was your pick. my pick. I mm-hmm. effing love this movie. I really, <laughs> really love this movie. I really think it's a, it's a, it's such an amazing piece of filmmaking and I really want to urge people to get out of the mindset that foreign pictures are boring because they're not. They're really not. There is so think about if you were if you were in another country, if you were in Iran watching Western movies, if they have to watch them with subtitles, do you think all Western movies are boring? They're not. These there's there's so much out there. There's so much art. There's so much education. This movie is so it, it, there's so much in here. Also, this is like a family film. There is no like, well, there's no language. There's no nudity. There's no sex. There's nothing offensive. There's some themes, absolutely. And they're like heavy themes. And I think one amazing thing about this film that we didn't really cover is that Iran has its like censor censorship issues. And like there's certain things that you can and can't say. This movie never makes it evident that that's an issue. It really uses the constraints that it has and it works with them and that's it, it's it's amazing to it's really amazing to witness this is this is not a drama about two people going through a divorce but it is a drama about two people going through a divorce it and it is it is worthy of your time it is worthy of your energy i recommend this to anybody who will listen it is such a good film and i've i've watched it time and time again and it is literally just as good every single time and I'm so glad you liked it. I was really worried you weren't going to meet the, but really? yeah, because I I never know. Like I watch it, and I'm like I love this, but who knows what like someone else is going to think. But when I watch it, I'm like this is really good. I would have been surprised if you didn't like it because I would have been like why. But there's so much to learn from foreign films. It's such a world. This is one of those films that I wasn't fe- I didn't feel like watching movies for the last few weeks. I've been I'm busy. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm cranky. I have not watched many things and I've been watching our podcast movies because they're homework. I finished watching A Separation and I'm like, what else can I watch? It was a jolt of energy and it was a jolt of like excitement. Like movies can be so invigorating. And this is just, it's a prime example of it. It renews my faith in cinema and in the writing process. It's just, it's so, so good. I give this five stars. Whoa, baby. Okay. Your turn. Going into this, I didn't have any expectations. I didn't know what to go into. Mm -hmm. But in those first few moments, I did think like, oh, no, like, what is this about? (laughs) Is this going to be? Because it is it starts off very much as a drama. And I think that's what I like about this movie. It is not just one thing. It is so many things. And it starts off as a drama. And I thought, oh, this is going to be a real tearjerker. And like, what am I in for? And it slowly becomes, you know, a drama about these two married people, which is interesting in itself. And then from there, it becomes, 
you know, a thriller. And then from there, it becomes a murder mystery. Yeah. And from there, it becomes like a, a courtroom movie. And it's it's all of the things in one. And it's all in Farsi. And there's so many things happening at once. But at no point was I like, I'm overwhelmed by everything that's happening right now. Because everything is executed to a T. And so you're on this ride the entire time. And it's just so... I'm, delightful doesn't seem like the right word for it. It's a ride that I feel like everybody should go on because I think anyone can have a different pers- perspective, obviously. But it's one that I'm so happy that I went on because I've learned so much from it as well. Like I mentioned sort of those social and cultural norms that I wasn't really familiar with, or at least my familiarity was based off of a Bravo TV show. And I learned about the Iranian justice system and I learned about you know it brought out emotions in me that I didn't know I could like dig in and deep dig into and kind of understand these experiences and it's just an it's an experience this whole movie and so I want I think every I I agree to your point people need to experience foreign films and they need to get over reading the subtitles because it's not hard it's very easy to do and people should watch this like I'm I had never heard of it until you started bringing it up like last Mm -hmm. year and I'm so surprised because it, it it's wonderful. It's great. I I too, I don't know. I keep going back and forth if I want to do five. Go with your heart. What's in your heart, Nita? My my gut right now is saying five stars. Really? Yeah. This is our only perfect score. Yeah. It is. It's just such a. It's so good. Good movie. And it's a movie you can recommend to anybody because I think. I think there. I, I don't get me wrong. I I love foreign film, but there. I think there are foreign films that maybe some people wouldn't like. I think everybody mm-hmm. can glean something from this. And you know, like it, it's provocative, but it's not in any sort of disgust. Yeah. These are they're complex situations that arise, and it'll it can bring out such a great conversation between people and what their vantage points are. And the movie shows you all the vantage points. And that's the other thing that I love about it so much is that it is completely unbiased. At no point do I think like Oscar Farhadi is saying like, you should believe this person Mm -hmm. or you should believe that person. He leaves it on the table for you, for you to decide. Do you want, you know, ketchup with your fries or do you want mayonnaise? And I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad. I like mayonnaise (laughs) with my fries. So would you watch this again? Yeah. Yeah. I had to rent it, which was annoying because you can't find it on any streaming services. But if somebody wanted to watch this with me, I would rent it again. I might buy it. It's Honestly, I would tell your dad to watch it. I think he might enjoy this. No, I don't think he would. (laughs) Kishore just likes, you know, like those like thriller fluff movies Mm. where he doesn't really need to think. I remember my parents watched this and they were just kind of like, oh, I don't really feel like watching it. And they loved it. They were completely like enthralled by it. They were like, this is not what I expected this to be. Okay, I'll try it. Try it out. See what he thinks. But yeah, that was a separation. And I'm really glad I picked it when I picked it. I'm glad you picked it too. I'm proud of you. But now, Mita, it's time for you to pick something. Okay. Well, yes, I already picked it. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's time to play... Different characters. Same world. It was good timing. All right. I love it. Here we go. Okay, so they are all characters. Uh, they're all actors, okay. so no directors or producers or okay. anything like that. I'm just going to go into okay. it. <laughs> okay, so the characters that you have are Anastasia Steele, Tom Riddle, and Madame Blanc. Uh. And your, your timer starts 
I know all these characters, but I can't pinpoint yeah. anybody right now. Well, walk me through the I characters. don't remember who Tom who played Tom Riddle. Oh, wait, but Tom Riddle, is it Ralph Fiennes? It is okay. Ralph Fiennes. Good, you got my trick yeah. there. <laughs> Ralph Fiennes. <laughs> Anastasia Steele. Yeah. And who is the third one? Madame Blanc. Or Blanc. Oh, is that Tilda Swinton? <laughs> yes, it is. Ralph Fiennes, Tilda Swinton. Yep. And who is Anastasia Steele? Oh, Dakota Johnson? Yeah. I don't know if you know this movie. Oh, wait. Is this the other uh, Luca Guadagino film? Yeah. <sighs> something about the water or blue or something? Something, yep. So- I also haven't been looking at the timer. You have seven So seconds. I know. I just don't know the name of it. But I know that's the one. The blue water or something in the... <laughs> <laughs> it is called A Bigger Splash. Oh, okay. <laughs> Because you had told me when we watched Suspiria that I should watch this. Yes. And then I never did. So here we are. Nope. There we go. So we are watching A Bigger Splash, which, yes, has Dakota Johnson. She's Anastasia Steele in Fifty Shades of Grey. Ralph Fiennes is Lord Voldemort, but also Tom Riddle. So that was my trick there. Because I was going to put Lord Voldemort, but I was like, that's too easy. No, that's too easy, yeah. Yeah. And then Madame Blanc is Tilda Swinton in Suspiria. Okay. Interesting. I know I'm nothing not about it. this. Yeah. Stay, stay that, that way. way. Okay. Yeah. Stay that way. I think it's on Tubi, which has ads. Oh, yeah. Okay. Or you can rent okay. it. How yeah. long are we talking? Two hours. A bigger splash? A bigger splash. There's also some nudity. Uh, some titillated <laughs> nudity. Last year. Last year. Last week, Nadine was like, is there nudity in your next movie? Because my in-laws are coming to visit when we move into my new house. And so I was just like, I need to know when. Do I have to watch this movie alone or can other people be around? Also, I hate watching movies with other people around when they're not watching the movie with me. Yeah. Like, I hate that. And it's just like on. Yeah. Like, my yeah. movie is to be experienced, not to be casually ignored. <laughs> I don't like that. While playing a coloring game? Yeah. <laughs> I do that sometimes. Don't do that. If it's something I've seen. Maybe. Yeah. If it's something I've seen, that's fair. Yeah. But yeah. That's for next week. Yeah. But before we get there, Mita, do you have any parting mm-hmm. words? I do. What is wrong is wrong, no matter who says what. I don't know if that's what it translated to, yeah. but that's, that's what, what the subtitle said. <laughs> subtitle said. And like, he was wrong in that one. <laughs> <laughs> Also, I love that. So Mita typically, so Mita's the one who comes up with the lines, and then we kind of choose one. And usually there's a list. Even when there's not a few options, there's like two or three. Sometimes there's ten. This is the first time that Mita only gave me one option. She's like, this is all I had. And typically, to me, that's a sign that like, oh, the movie might not have been good, or she might have not enjoyed it. This, for me, is an example of the fact that this dialogue is just not written. It's not like yeah. scripted dialogue. It's so authentic that there's nothing notable about it. Did you think I hated it because I only yeah, gave quote? Yeah, but then I, but oh. par- not hated it, but I think I thought you might not have had a strong reaction because the oh. correlation is often the more quotes you have, the more yeah. you like it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and so you're like, this is all I had. I was like, oh, this but could also, go both like, ways. But it's subject to the movie itself. Like there are just movies that are not quotable. Like yeah. they don't have anything really memorable. And I find them. with foreign movies, it's always hard because the, you yeah. lose context. Because I'm reading the subtitles, and the subtitles say that he's going to pay him $15 million. Yeah. And then my mind, I'm like, that's a lot of money. I don't think they have $15 million. <laughs> they don't look like the kind of people. The Shahs of Sunset might have $15 million. They don't either. <laughs> They're all lying about their income. Yeah. Yeah. MJ hasn't sold a house in forever. <laughs> 
But yes, that was a separation, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Please like, subscribe, share, and... Rate and review. And we will see you next week for a bigger splash. Or as some call it, that water one. Is that uh, me? <laughs> That's okay. what you call <laughs> You're that I'm some. I'm that some. We'll, yeah. we'll find out. I have no idea what this movie's about, and I'm kind of excited about I'm that. I'm excited for you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, okay. we'll see you next week, folks. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by no one. You can follow us on Instagram at Movies to Watch Pod, on Twitter at Movies the Number Two Watch Pod, on the TikTok at Movies to Watch Pod, or send us an email at Movies to Watch Pod at gmail.com. As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon. <laughs>